Hello, 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 and welcome to the Grandstand Podcast, and welcome to a very special bonus segment, I should call it, where we will be talking about UFC 273, which took place last Sunday. So, if you've been listening to our podcast, you know we haven't really done an MMA or UFC-related segment in quite a while. Uh, one reason is obviously because we haven't been doing our off-the-pitch segments for a bit, and unfortunately, we won't be doing it for a, for a little while as well, maybe until. Uh, mid this year, somewhere around June. But we will be talking about UFC 273 and we have uh, a very special guest who is uh, coming on this show for the very first time. Uh, Hemaka, how are you doing bro? Hi Shavid. It's, been, it's an honor to finally get on the Grandstand podcast. I've been hearing a lot of good things and uh, hearing a lot of news from Abhishek. So it's oh, Finally, nice to be a guest on the podcast. So to give you all a bit of context, Hemaka is also in France with Abhishek, right? He all go to the same uni, I believe. Yep, yep. And uh, Hemaka is also, uh, he has a favorite UFC fight actually. And yeah, Hemaka, why don't you tell the listeners who your favorite UFC fighter is? Absolutely, Shavid. It's the one and only Justin Gaethje. Yes. So the reason I asked Hemaka that question is because well, I will be asking Hemaka another question at the end of the, this segment. So yeah, uh, stay tuned for that. But yeah, let's get into UFC 273. Uh, this event, I would say, was very much centered around three fights. You know, it was very much uh, a three-course meal, if you want to, you can call it that. And this, well, we'll start off with probably the most exciting event, which was not the main or the co-main, but it was the fight that came just before that, which was Hamzat Shimaev versus Gilbert Burns. Uh, an amazing fight. Definitely, I think, the fight of the night. A really close fight. Intense, exciting. What do you think of Hamzat's performance, Emeka, and what do you think of the fight? Uh, yeah, absolutely, Shamin. Regardless of the fact that it wasn't uh, the main card, it was absolutely the elephant in the room. Had everyone talking about it after, after the entire card. Uh, honestly, brilliant performance by, by both fighters. In fact, I heard that Dana White also offered Gilbert Burns his win bonus, even though he didn't get the win. Uh, oh, really? Uh, yeah, on Sh- yeah. yeah, on Shimaev's part, uh, I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Even though he did seem to g- gas out a bit, uh, like, you, like you told me earlier. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did uh, gas out a bit, but the performance that he put on was just insane. The one jab that put Gilbert Burns out, just imagine the power that you need to, to put a veteran like that down uh, with just one jab, one simple jab. Yeah, absolutely. And see, see, my take on this fight was, before this fight, I think I was in the minority, but I thought that Shimaev would come and have a tough time against Burns, and I thought Burns would manage to get the win because I mean this is the number two ranked lightweight in the world fighting a guy who you know hasn't really fought ranked opponents right but what I didn't really predict was one thing was Shimaev's chin because he took an overhand right from Burns that very few people in this division would have taken and also just his I mean his stand-up overall right like he in the previous fights you know it was mostly his wrestling yes he, he did have a knockout but it was his wrestling, right? He would just manhandle opponents. But in this fight, he, he, was, he was careful with, you know, in grappling with Burns. 
and you know he just showed uh he just showed his quality on the street as well and i was really really impressed uh with uh, with with what with what shimaev did and you know like you said just a short jab to drop a guy like burns uh just amazing but yeah 100% yeah. i yeah. i absolutely agree uh shimaev put on a super performance uh i believe all the first two rounds of his was very calculated and technical and he started yeah. the fight off with a flying knee if i remember correctly uh oh yeah and uh, but after that after round 2 heading into round 3 was just a barrage of punches and seeing who could take the most punches and give the and dish out the most punishment at the same time and uh, just the fact that gilbert burns while taking so much punishment just refused to get go into a guard or protect himself and uh, dish out the same amount of punishment as hamza did that takes tremendous heart and grit in my opinion Yeah, abs. I mean, Gilbert is an absolute warrior. I think if at all Gilbert's, you know, how Gilbert's stock would have risen after this fight because a lot of people thought he was gonna get steamrolled by Hamzat, but he just showed why he's the number two welterweight in the world and you know why he's so good. And I mean, he almost beat Kamar Usman as well, right? He he was one of the few people to ever drop Usman. So arguably, yes, sir. Yeah. So I mean, Gilbert showed his class. But I'll ask you this: Who's next for Hamzat? There's only two names, I think. Ooh. Is it yep. Covington or is it Kamar Usman? Yep, those are those are indeed the two names that uh, immediately pop up. From I guess yeah. from a UFC standpoint, a fight with Kobe Covington uh, would be very sensible, uh, given the fact that Kobe is the number one contender and Shmuel is coming off another yet another win. Uh, yeah, it would it would make a lot of sense to pit those two together and see who's uh, who deserves that number one contender spot. Uh, but also, com- com- a fight against Kamar Usman, the pound for pound number one in the world, would be an immense fight, given the fact yeah. that the, the general public and the general fan base of the UFC knows that Shimaev is a monster, and then yeah. you put someone like that against Kamar Usman, you can just imagine what uh, how good of a fight it'll be. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. I agree. I agree. I I think for Shimaev, this is my view, right? I think for Shimaev, personally, I mean, I think Colby and Usman are both high level, the top two guys in the division. I, I mean, I think on any given night, like Colby could, you know, he could take it to Usman, and you know, he could beat him. But I think Usman is a little bit better right now, and he is the pound for pound number one right now, right? And I think. If Usman wants to, like, I'm not saying Usman can't beat him, but if Usman wants to win it easy, I think he would take Hamzat now, because I think if Hamzat fights Colby, that fight is going to give him so much experience as well. Fighting a guy like Colby, if he does beat him, right? If he does beat him, he is going to be the guy who can, you know, Colby is the guy who can go ten rounds, right? He has incredible stamina, you know, he doesn't tire out. He's a a, a crazy engine. and he gets better as the fight goes on so if hamzat can get through that challenge i think he could beat usman and i, I think that agree, yeah yeah and i think the ufc uh, you know you said this you put it perfectly right i think he is they're trying to make him the new poster boy for the ufc because he is very popular and i don't think they will throw him to usman right now because usman Also, he 
you know Usman has crazy power but he I don't think he would really you know go toe to toe with with Hamzat I think he'll be smarter and he might he'll probably beat him but uh I think Colby's the fight for him you know he's he's um, he's so much bigger than any other welterweight uh, Hamzat I mean his size is immense he looks like a middleweight to me a middleweight exactly. who comes down a lot you know you mentioned this before so I mean, just what do you think of his size, man, compared to the welterweights, right? Like, it's such an advantage. Yeah, um, a lot of commentators and people that analyze the sport have said this as well. And I completely agree with it. Uh, yeah. He seems too big to be a welterweight. And uh, people also tend to uh, hypothesize that if he moves up a weight class, his performance will actually improve. And uh, th- that's something I, I agree with. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, to, and to agree on what you said, he, he dominates the um, well his opponents in yeah. the in the welterweight category just because of his size, his reach, and his height advantage. Yeah. And these yeah. are these are huge factors when it comes to ground game and striking, and which are absolutely. basically the the building blocks of a fight. Yeah, absolutely. And I really I can't see anyone like taking Hamza down. Like maybe Colby in like the fourth round if he gets Hamza tired, but Gilbert had no chance of taking him down. Like he was way too strong. I think at one point Gilbert grabbed a single leg and Hamza just pushed him off. Like he didn't even have to sprawl, right? So just you no know, crazy power, crazy his size. But uh, yeah, I mean I agree. I think um, I think Colby should be next for him. Any any of those fights, Colby or Usman would be interesting. But I think Colby should be next and. Yeah, hopefully we see see that fight very soon. Yep, I would love to see that fight where Kobe takes him to the trenches to see what Shimaev is really made of. But that does also raise a question um, because people speculate that this fight that uh, that sorry, excuse me, Shimaev recently had of this fight, the last fight, exposed him in a way because the uh, the image that he has currently built up was one that was one of. Uh, and an, an invincible fighter because he's just yeah. been dominating everyone that he has fought. Yeah. And this yeah. fight sort of exposed him. And if he goes up against someone that will take him to the trenches like Kobe Covington with a, with a gas tank like no other, uh, yeah. do you think that might exp- give, uh, well, expose him a little further and uh, give Kamar Usman uh, more footage on him so he can improve even further and come up with a game plan to put an end to Shimaev? Yeah, see, that's that's actually a great point because I, I think Colby, like I said, Colby is number one ranked welterweight right after Usman, and he's a top top fighter, right? So he's going to study he's going to study Shimaev really well, and we we saw what Colby did to Masvidal, right? He was he was just playing with Masvidal inside the inside the yeah. octagon, so he's going to study he's going to study Shimaev really well, and. Like you said, we are, we are really going to see what Shimaev is made of. Because personally, I don't know. Like, I think he surprises people every fight. He surprised a lot of people with the way he took the beating from uh, Gilbert Burns as well. I don't think Colby has Gilbert's power, but his motor is just relentless. Like, maybe the best in the UFC. So, if Hamzat can go through that, it's going to be amazing. But yeah, like you said, I guess... Uh, I guess we'll find out uh, what he's made of. But uh, yeah, let's um, let's move on from from Hamzat and let's move on to 
the co-main event actually another extremely close <laughs> fight uh, a very a very you know polarizing fight i would say some people thought yan mon some people thought aljo one i'm of course talking about aljamain sterling versus uh versus peter yan hemaker i will just ask you do you think the decision was correct do you think aljo won and what do you think of the fight okay so this is uh this is where it could get uh, quite heated uh-huh. uh i personally have no emotional attachment to uh the the bantamweight division and the and the fight but okay. i believe the decision was uh it was right because okay. aljo did in my opinion win the first three rounds and and the second round was a 10-8 round uh which which is absolutely true given the fact that he he mauled Pierre Yan mm. on his back in the in his guard and mm. he took his back as well and was completely yeah. dominant in that round so given the fact that he won those three rounds true he might have left the let the last two rounds slip and uh yeah. Pierre a chance to come back there but i believe he did enough to get that win so yeah i agree i agree with the result yeah see that's a great point because obviously uh I'm a Pierre Yan fan, and I when I watched it the first time, I was like, you know, it's a close fight, but maybe Yan took the win. I think that was more of a you know a bias, a biased call, I would say, because I now that you mention it, and after seeing a lot of uh, you know a lot of reviews on the fight as well, I think the second round was a ten eight, because you know by definition, ten eight is a round where you get completely dominated and. Yan was completely dominated I think in that round he barely threw a punch and Aljo Aljo backmounted him right like backmount is based is it's the best position in jiu jitsu so a backmount and landing punches I think it is a 10-8 and you know in in that sense uh he did he did beat Yan but more importantly you know whatever you thought the result was I think Aljo really proved himself because a lot of people thought Yan was going to destroy him and uh you know myself included but yeah i think he really proved himself and uh yeah i agree i think aljo aljo won it by a small margin but i think he did win that fight yeah uh, and and i think yeah. pure's uh, uh, emotions got to him as well uh and uh, as you agreed uh in the last uh the last attempt to be we had making the podcast yeah. that uh pure yan and uh, an aljo definitely have bl- bad blood again uh, amongst uh, between yeah. them uh yeah. and that might have had something to do with uh pure's aggression and the fact that his coach in uh, i think it was round 3 told him specifically yeah. pure do not let him get your back do not let whatever yeah. you do do not let him get your back And immediately the next round, yeah, he gave some perspective. True, true. I agree. I agree, hundred percent. I think Yan was fighting an emotional fight because he wanted to come and take Aljo's head off. He wanted to knock him out, which is what he like. But in the first fight, Yan was so patient, right? That's why he beat up Aljo. Obviously, it was frustrating because he was winning the fight, and you know, it was an unfortunate DQ. I think. but in this fight he was way too emotional and you know like you said he gave up his back so easily to the one person you should not give up your back to right because that is aljo's specialty he you know he grabs people's back and he just beats them up from there there's so, a reason they call it backpack aljo yeah exactly i think it was very uh, you know low fight iq from yan especially in the third round after going through that in the second round to do the same thing in the third round 
I think it's uh, you know he it was very uh, bad fight IQ from him and you know not the coach's fault as well because like you said the coach uh, he did you know he did inform him I mean not inform him rather but he did advise him uh, on what to do but I think Aljo's next fight has to be Dillashaw. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I well, I agree. Again, given my uh, very limited knowledge on the bantamweight division, uh, I sort of agree that TJ Dillashaw should be the next contender for Aljo. Given that yeah. TJ Dillashaw is a scrapper and he likes to get in the middle of a fight and take yeah. control, uh, yeah. someone like that going up against a, a, a technical and someone who likes to keep his distance, like uh, like yeah. Aljo, uh, would be a very interesting fight for both for, for both fighters. Uh, given their opposing uh, styles, uh, yeah, that would definitely be a very interesting fight to make. A pretty profitable yeah. too for the UFC, given they're the big names right now. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, TJ Dillashaw, you know, former champion, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, he's had his, you know, his clash of controversy with uh, PEDs and and whatnot. But it'll definitely be a a, a good fight to make, and. The interesting thing is, you know, TJ Dillashaw has only been taken down, I think, three times, and that's only by Dominic Cruz. So no one else has taken him down. So I think that will be interesting to see what uh, what Aljo can do. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the main event, which was if the first two fights were close, this fight definitely was not, <coughs> and uh, that is Alexander Volkanovsky. Versus the Korean zombie, Hemaka. <laughs> you describe it best. Go ahead. What do you think of the fight? Okay, this was by far the most dominant fight of the entire card, which was yeah. pretty depressing to watch, really, because I am yeah. a I'm a I'm a decent zombie fan, and to see him okay. get mauled, absolutely mauled by Korean by uh, Volkanovski. Excuse me. Was just was just sad, and I believe the whole fight should have been stopped in round three, where he and the waning seconds of round three, where he was just getting yeah. hit with rights and left, and uh, he was, at one point he was getting kneed uh, in the chest too uh, by Volkanovski, an absolutely dominant performance by him, and uh, yeah, I, I disagree with the with the stoppage. I think it was a late stoppage. It should have ended in round okay. three, that, because. That there's a huge chance for fighters like uh, uh, for, for fighters like Korean Zombie to be out of the game for a very long time yeah. if yeah. Uh, fights aren't uh, called early enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe it was a mistake that it was called that late. Yeah, absolutely, and I think I, I agree. Uh, talking about the stoppage itself, I think his corner should have stopped it uh, as well because I think it was in the third round. He didn't even sit on the stool, right? He just sat on the floor. Because he couldn't like he couldn't even keep himself up on the stool, and in a situation like that, you know your fighter is not gonna go back uh, and uh, and win that fight. And even Volk, I think before the fourth round started, he asked uh, Zombie, he "Was like, are you sure you really want to go for the fourth round?" And um, obviously, the ref stopped it. But yeah, I I agree. It was it was a it was just like a exhibition fight for Volkanovski, right? He was just beating him up, you know, a perfect performance. A performance he won in like, every aspect of the sport. He won, uh, yeah. he won on the feet, he won uh, on the ground. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, yeah, he was, he was easily 
the the, the most dominant uh, fight on that card, given the circumstances of the fight. Yeah, I I agree. I agree fully. I mean, even when he took him down, he it was ground and pound, and I think it was a uh, it was a it was a result that Volk Volk would really love because he hasn't had. A lot of finishers. I think this is his first finish in the featherweight division, if I'm correct. And you know, uh, Volkanovski has also had uh, you know, a lot of controversy with his uh, not his last fight, but the fight before that against Max Holloway. People thought that Holloway won, and you know, Volkanovski robbed that fight. But uh, yeah, I think his next fight uh, will be against uh, Max Holloway. You know, he called out Holloway as well. Yep. Uh, what, what do you think? Do you think that's the only fight to make right now? Yeah, the, the trilogy fight is uh, is one hundred percent the fight to make for Volkanovski. Uh, ju- just to get back to uh, well, the description of the fight, uh, yeah. th- this this is the fight game, right? I mean, you're going to you're going yeah. to have disappointments. Some fighters are some calls are going to be late. It is what it is. Yeah. It, yeah. it can't be helped sometimes. But yeah. from a purely technical aspect, this was. Um, how, how do I put it? How do I put it in the best way possible? It, it, it was textbook. The, Absolutely, his striking was textbook. Uh, yeah, the, well, easily the most uh, dominant performance that Volkanovski has put on so far, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Given all his fights, just yeah, it's massive uh, right elbows. He was extremely sharp on the boxing. At one point, he even got, got an inside leg kick on. Uh, yeah. On the Korean zombie and those hurt, those sting yeah, like uh, like a beast, and uh, yeah. yeah, just absolute dominance by Volkanovski. Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said, it was it was a textbook performance. You know, he did everything correct. There was not a single point in the fight where you thought Zombie was going to turn this around. That just wasn't. I mean, it's sad to say that because Zombie is, you know, he's a top level featherweight. But yeah, I I have. I mean, I'm a huge Max Holloway fan. Uh, I, if you listen to the show, you know Max Holloway is probably my favorite fighter. Uh, so I, when he lo- when he lost that fight, I was, I was really upset because I thought you know he was he got robbed by Volkanovski. So, and I've been very critical of Volkanovski, but a brilliant performance, and I would love to see him run it back with Max the trilogy. Uh, I think that fight it has to happen, and uh, yeah. I, I think the featherweight division definitely has that fight to look forward to. So I agree that that one hundred percent is the fight to the fight to make right now. And uh, okay. given yeah. the given our personal opinions, our biases, regardless, yeah. the UFC is extremely lucky for having fighters like yeah. this that put on shows as uh, as entertaining as Volkanovski's uh, yeah. just the last week. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. It was it was just a perfect a performance of a champion, I would say, fully in exactly. control. Yeah, I'll ask you this. I'm not going to give my prediction, but uh, I mean, I, I only have one prediction. But who who do you think wins Volkanovski Holloway right now? Hmm. Jud- judging based off the last performance, or uh, judging based off the last performance. Okay, you you can't not go against Volkanovski. It, it, it's it's like you're betting against the a golden horse. It's like you're betting against the golden fair. horse if if you fair, don't fair, go fair. Volkanovski. And fair. Max Holloway has been out of the fight game for quite a while now. 
hasn't had a he hasn't had a recent fight if I'm not mistaken. Uh yeah, his last fight was against Yair, which was I think about was it a year ago? Maybe like ten months ago. But yeah, he's had an injury, so so actually, Zombie was a replacement for he was supposed to fight Volk, uh, but he was a I mean, Zombie was a replacement because uh, Holloway has we don't know what it is some mystery injury. Hopefully, it's not serious. But uh, yeah, I I mean I I would ag- I wouldn't agree with that because obviously I'm a Holloway fan. I know there's a lot of bias, but I get where you're coming from, and yeah, you can't really bet against him right now. He's he looks he looks very dominant. Exactly. But and yeah. uh, when a, when a fighter stays out of the sport for as long as Max Holloway has right now, and and to come back and uh, beat someone who's on the who's at the top of his game like Volkanovski is right now, it, it's just very hard to it's just very hard to trust that and uh, bet on mm-hmm. Max Holloway. So I would say Volkanovski takes the win on the in the trilogy match against Max Holloway. Okay, we'll I guess hopefully we'll find out. Hopefully that fight uh, does happen. But yeah, I think that concludes UFC two seven three for us. But before we wrap up this episode, I have a question for for Hemaka. And um, so Hemaka is a Justin Gaethje fan, and Justin Gaethje is fighting for the undisputed lightweight belt in uh, in less than a month, actually, like in about three weeks. Hey, Mark, how does he beat Charles Oliveira? How does he beat the machine that's Charles Oliveira? Oof. That's, that's an extremely tough question. I can, I'm, I'm really on the ropes for this one because okay. given the skills that both fighters have and the numerous takedowns and, so, and submission holds and finishers that these guys have put on in the past, it's very difficult to call a finish. But okay. uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go on the record saying that uh, Justin Cage will beat. Charles Oliveira, yeah, in the fourth round via by TKO. Wow. Okay, that's that's actually. I mean, I would go with a similar predict. I mean, if he was gonna beat him, I think that's how he would beat him because, uh, you know, Kechi has probably the strong, like most power, best hands uh, in the lightweight division. So, yeah, that's an interesting prediction, and uh, I will hold you to this game. Okay, and we'll. I guess uh, we'll find out uh, next month. Uh, yeah, the, when the, the game's the game, Shavin. The game's the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the fight does happen. But uh, yeah, I think um, that that concludes a uh, segment for today. Uh, a very fun, a very fun episode. Uh, thank you, Hemaka, for, for coming on. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, great to have you on. Yeah, thank you, Shai, for uh, for having me on this. It's actually been a, a really fun time, and uh, love to this in the future. This was a uh, one one hell of an episode. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of UFC events happening, so uh, yeah, actually, actually, would love to have you on uh, in the future for another episode. But yeah, uh, I guess that uh, concludes our episode for today. For today, uh, thank you all for listening. You know, uh, and. You know, if you're listening from Sri Lanka, obviously we are going through a tough time. So, you know, stay safe, take care and uh, see you next time.